everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Have Disability, Will Travel, a podcast from the Accessible Travel Forum. This podcast takes listeners all over the world so we can discuss accessible travel and the people that make it happen, whether they are blazing new trails or acting as support to help others live out their dreams. My name is Josh, a guy who loves traveling but doesn't really care for airplanes. Anyway, grab your passport and let's get going. This episode we talk with Camille Gonger. I first met Camille a little over a year ago. Though he is from Greece and I'm from Canada, we bumped into each other on the busy streets of Tokyo. He was traveling with some other wheelchair users and I had helped them to find a hotel as well as a hoist rental via Accessible Japan. After things were arranged, I wished them a good trip and that was that. But a few weeks later, I was getting off the train in downtown Tokyo and I saw a group of non-Japanese wheelchair users lined up at the elevator outside of the station. Not one to butt into people's lives, I just smiled and waited for my turn. But the more I thought about it, the more I began to wonder if this was the group of travelers I had helped. Curiosity got the best of me, and I asked. It was. We chatted for a few minutes and took a picture together. I am so glad I decided to ask them. Not only was it rewarding to know that Accessible Japan was actually helping people, but it was the beginning of a friendship that continues to this day. In the interview, we chatted about everything from Camille's work with the independent living movement, to being the only Greek accessible travel blogger. But let's hear it in Camille's words. Hello, Camille. How are you? Hi, Joyce. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Great. Okay, well, I'm going to get right into it. And um, I would like to talk about you first. Um, since this is a podcast about people with... Uh, disabilities and accessible travel. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your disability and how it affects you? Sure. Well, I have spinal muscular atrophy. So basically I'm a wheelchair user. Okay. And an electric wheelchair user, which means that I don't move a lot. Basically I don't move almost at all. A little bit my hands. And... Uh, yeah, I, I, I need assistance on a regular basis. And when traveling, I need always to have someone with me, both, uh, both during the day and during the night. Okay, so the 24 hours, do you have time by yourself? Or? Sorry? Uh, are you, do you have helpers for 24 hours a day? Or sometime by yourself? Well, well yeah. Depends. I mean, in Greece, we don't have any anything like that anyway, like personal assistance and stuff. Okay. So it's our families. In my case, it's my family. Right. But when I travel, either I do it with my family or with friends or whatever. Or maybe I can pay a person, so, you know, by myself, so it, he or she cares with me. And yeah, okay, I can deal some time without assistance, but not much. Like maybe two hours or something. Right, okay. Okay. So now, um, you're living in Greece, which is where you're from, I understand. Yes. Okay. And you are... Well, basically, basically, I'm from Poland, but I was born and I live in Greece. Oh, okay. So your family's from Poland originally. Yes, but I was born here, so okay. I am... Typically, I am Polish, but practically, I think I'm more Greek. Okay. 
So I understand that you um, were involved in starting a, uh, an organization called I Living. Yes. Uh, what is that organization? Uh, it's, it's a Greek independent living organization. We created it at the end of 2014, uh, me and some other disabled colleagues, six in total, because uh, after the conference, the European conference we went in 2013, which is called Freedom Drive, and it's every two years, and it's about uh, independent living and you know personal, ass personal assistance and all this movement. We, we learned a lot of useful things, and we... And we saw that while in Greece there is no such thing as independent living, as personal assistance, not even legislation. So we wanted to do something about it. And we started to be active in this field of independent living and of stuff like that. Oh, wow. Okay, so there oh, wow. was like that beforehand. <laughs> now we are the first independent living organization in the country and the only one. And as I said before, we, in Greece we don't have personal assistance, there is no legislation. So we slowly try to do things to that direction. Okay. You know, both to inform not only the government, but also the disabled people, the families, the society. We do like campaigns and different stuff. Try to to bring this on the on the everyday agenda. Right. So are you still involved <laughs> on a daily basis? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's not like an official job or something. Mm. But we do, depend of the period of the year, you know, if we have an event or if we do something specific, then we, we are involved a little bit more. Now it's summer, for example, so we are a little bit, you know, less, less, we do less, less things. Depends of the period, but yeah, somehow we are involved in the last years, more or less every couple of days or something. Oh. We do stuff related oh. to this organization. As it's a, like a volunteer, volunteer initiative, so we try to do it when we have time and because we believe it's important mission. Oh, it's very, very important. Yes. For myself as well. If I didn't have uh, personal care assistance, then yeah, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today. So I'm, I understand where you're coming from. How it works in Japan? Uh, in Japan, uh, yeah, you get uh, helpers from the city. So um, you pay your taxes and you get um, welfare from the city you live in. So it's sort of different. It's not based on the country um, or even your province. It's depending on your city. So even if you go to a different city in, inside Tokyo, you will get a different amount of care. So it's a little bit okay. different. Okay, fantastic. So you're also involved in um, disability matters in a European level. Um, for like with youth and stuff like that. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there? Well, yes, that's true. Basically, well, until like some years ago, I was saying that I don't want to do disability stuff at all. I want to do, you know, mainstream things. And because it's like a cliche that disabled people do disability stuff. <laughs> yeah. Until I went to the conference, I told you, you know, the Freedom Drive and I learned about dependent living. So last five years, I'm more in, uh, involved in independent living stuff, both in Greece and Europe. So in Greece is, is I living, and in Europe is the European Network on Independent Living. I was a volunteer for them for six months, for them and for the Flemish Independent Living Organization in Belgium. 
And uh, after that, I was like a volunteer staff member. And now I am uh, in the youth network. I am a board member of the youth network. And maybe in the future, I will have more involvement in different positions. We will see. Oh. I am. Uh, so this is the independent living, my independent living background, because for me, when it's related to disability, this is the most important thing we need to have. Independent living, and when we have that, we can achieve and fight for the other things. Mm. So that's one thing. And the other is the European Disability Forum, uh, where I am the chairman of the youth committee. Okay, so you're very, very busy. (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of. (laughs) I try to do things. So you lived in Belgium for a little while. Um, Was that quite a different experience than living in Greece? Oh, yeah, very different. It was... First of all, it was one of my best experiences so far in my life. It was like one of my dreams to go abroad for some, for a bigger time, you know, for a longer time and live a little bit in different cultures, different people, different things. So I did it in Belgium for six months where I did my European voluntary service. So I was volunteering for the European Network on Independent Living and for the Flemish Independent Living Organization. Uh, yeah, Belgium and Greece are totally different countries. First of all, the weather is totally different. In Greece, like we have the, one, maybe the best weather in Europe, or one of the best weathers. You know, the cuisine is different. We in Belgium, in Belgium, the weather is like raining every every second day. The cuisine is much different than the Greek one. And the country is different. I mean, Belgium is like close the capital of Europe or something. The Brussels is the capital of Europe and, and Belgium in some way also is a multicultural country because it's divided into three or into four even parts, like the Flemish part, the French speaking part, the German part and Brussels which is sort of independent. So yeah, for me it was totally uh, fascinating to see how they live, how they perceive their life and how they behave in everyday life, and even in simplest things, like in Belgium they have this bicycle culture, you know, with bicycle recycling uh, roads and everything. In Greece we don't have this, so we don't have cycling roads. Or in Belgium they have like vegetarian restaurants and many stuff. In Greece we are just starting to learn these things. So it was in many different levels a different experience and a fantastic one. Also very yeah. Okay. That was the first place you've been to outside of Greece? Uh, my first place was Barcelona in Spain. Oh, okay. okay. okay we'll get ten, ten years ago when we did it, we, we went with school. Oh, okay. So, so it was a school So it was a school trip for one week. And it was a fantastic experience. Okay. So getting back to studying then, now you, um, what did you study in university? Yeah, I studied in uh, Pandian University, it's a Greek university in Athens, and I studied communication, media, and culture, which, which basically means I studied journalism. Okay, so you're a journalist then? <laughs> yeah, in theory, yes. Yeah, okay. So you're interested in travel, and uh, you went to Barcelona first, and you spent time in Belgium. What got you interested in travel in the first place? Well, that's not an easy question. I'm not sure uh, 
how I mean exactly how I started and I I think I just got the travel bug when I was a kid. I think a big role for that played TV, you know, movies, cartoons. When I saw the protagonists to travel and to visit different countries, books when I was, you know, in school and stuff. So I think all these things uh, fascinated me and I wanted and I saw all those, these things and I said, wow, the world seems so fantastic. I want to travel in every part and to see everything and to see how it's different, you know, how everyone is different and how they live in different parts of the of the of the world and in different they call it the architecture, the cuisine, everything. So um how many places have you been to now? Well uh, so far it's eighteen countries with Greece. Eighteen. Eighteen, which is eighteen, one eight. Wow. Uh, wow. And in one, it's not a lot, I think, but it's more than the average, so I'm kind of proud. But I still, you know, I want more. Next month, I will go to Portugal, so it will be 19. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow. and about uh, cities, it's about 30 cities, something like that. Okay, so I'm sure you've had lots of different experiences then. So um, I'm sure you had good and both bad as well, but... Um, First off, maybe you can uh, share some of your good experiences, like, for example, uh, some cities that you found were very, very accessible, and uh, what made them so good? Well, okay. Well, when people ask me, for example, which is the most accessible city, I always reply that for me, is it's, it's Japan, it's Tokyo. And you know it very well because you live there. I mean, in Europe, we also have some accessible, quite accessible cities. Barcelona is fantastic. Strasbourg is fantastic. Stockholm is fantastic in Sweden. And in Germany in general, yeah. So there are a lot of fantastic places, and uh, even places I have not been yet. But Japan is really accessible in many ways. Okay. Uh, and I think because, I mean, you know it better, but I suppose it's because of the aging population and everything. And I was and I was like very well impressed when I went to Japan and I was able to travel from one city to another with train and I didn't have to book like two days before the train. In, in Europe you have to book, to do pre-booking like one day before and inform that you travel or whatever and to have special assistance. Or you, are, you have to check, you know, how you will board a, a certain transport or whatever. But in Japan, for example, when I went to Hakone, I was able to do like the rope car, the cable car, the ship, cruise, the train, everything. This is not very possible to do that big uh, amount of different things in a certain place, like in Europe. So, yeah, in Japan, I felt totally included, and not only me, but I saw they were caring, they were caring about blind people as well, and about different kinds of disabilities. Of course, you know it better, so you can say if I am close to reality or no. Well, that's, that's interesting for me because um, I think everybody probably has different perspectives about what it's like, you know, for uh, maybe it's always better, it's always was it the saying, it's, it's green, the grass is greener on the other side. So for me, I always thought that, you know, Europe would be much better. But so it's interesting to hear for me 
that you're saying that Japan is so good. Yeah, I love it. But of course, for example, Barcelona, for many people, Barcelona is like one of the most accessible cities in Europe and they, they choose Barcelona for their first travel and it's fantastic. I have been two times, but I still think that Japan is winning. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely Japan is fantastic. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I'm sure then you also have had some uh, bad experiences. Can you tell us about maybe one or two and then uh, how you overcame those challenges? Well, yeah. There are sometimes you, you have these bad experiences. I am quite lucky because I didn't have very serious issues so far. Like, you know, very like the trip uh, destroying or something. But I have so I had some adventures. In accessibility is a thing which you can often experience. I remember when I went to Istanbul to Turkey and I booked a hotel through an online website. And mm-hmm. when I went to the hotel it was not accessible. Not even uh, not even easy to enter to the front door. I and I couldn't fit to the to the elevator. It was inaccessible in many different ways. So yeah, we stay calm with my assistant, and we search it online on Google, and we find a different hotel, which at the end was much better and in better location and cheaper. So yeah, you have to stay calm, positive, think logically, and move on. Sometimes I had wheelchair issues, you know, like they deliver it on the airport with no the best conditions possible, or I don't know the weather weather issues. Like I remember in Yokohama, we have we had a very strong rain and it was challenging to move in the city, so we have to adapt our program. Things like that, transport issues when you think that the transport will be accessible, but it's not, and you have to figure out. An alternative, but yeah, I try to stay calm and think positive and logically. And so far, I managed to do it without any serious issues. Oh, that's really good advice. <laughs> For example, yeah, I know I get panicked maybe if something doesn't go well, and then you start to uh, not think logically. So, but yes, it's very important to uh, keep cool and uh, think like that. So now I understand that um, because you're such a huge traveler, uh, you also like to blog about your experiences. And if I understand correctly, you are the first accessible travel blogger in Greece? Well, first, uh, first about the blogging thing. I started journalism, so I suppose that the blogging and writing is kind of my stuff. So, yeah, I wanted uh, since many years to record my travelings and to, to have a place to share my experiences. So I created the, the Trawiller, my blog, last year. It's more a personal journal than a travel guide. Sometimes people think that I will write there and give them like a lot of tips about accessibility and what to see and everything, which I do in a way, but that's not my priority. I just want to share my personal experience and to inspire and to motivate them to travel. I don't want to inspire people. I just want to motivate everyone whether they are disabled or not, to travel. And as for your question, if I am the first one, as far as I know, I am the first one in Greece who called himself a travel blogger, the first disabled travel blogger. I know many disabled travelers in general, 
but they don't, you know, write about it or something. Okay. So, um, to motivate people to do travel, uh, to travel, um, how has the response been? Have you heard from anybody who maybe read your blog and thought, oh, I want to go travel too? Well, yes. The response is quite good. Uh, of course, I am not very famous yet. I'm slowly growing. And uh, the feedback I get from people is usually nice. Of course, always you will have sometimes people who, you know, complain or whatever. But I keep the good things. And most of them is good. And I got messages often from in Facebook or in different levels. And they ask me, Camille, do you know uh, what should we do there? Where should we, what should we, where, where should we travel next? How can we find an accessible, I don't know, transport or whatever? There was a lady like some days ago and she asked me about accessible taxi in Belgium. Because I was living in Belgium, so I could offer answer her or a friend of mine is traveling to Barcelona in a month and he wanted some information about the city. Yeah, different things happen and I am here and happy to share this. And I have also, I had also the privilege to be invited to a conference, to a first travel conference in Greece, which is called Travel Fest, and to be one of the speakers and got also very nice feedback there by the audience. Of course, I was speaking about the travel, which is not relevant to everyone, because the audience was mainly non-disabled people, but they, everyone seemed very interested to see this different thing and to hear these experiences. So yeah, I try to to do things and to to make it as as known as possible, and maybe it will become an official job in the future. You never in the future, you never know. For sure, that would be great. So you're sort of become a, um, a I guess in Japan we call it senpai, which is sort of your your senior at yeah. school or whatever. So you're now the senpai of uh, many people who want to travel, um, and I think yeah, for a lot of people listening um, now they would be very interested in visiting Greece. I know, you know, it's got a lot of history and exciting places to visit. Um, so maybe I just want to talk a little bit about accessibility in Greece, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, I just want to say, because you said about senpais, uh, I may be a senpai for some people now, but I also had my personal senpais and people who's, you know, who helped me and gave, gave me my information and different stuff. So it's like a, you you get things and you give things back. It's like uh, it's very. I just try to you know to do to be positive for and uh, useful for the society in a way, in my own way, and hopefully help some people if it's possible. Well, I think you're helping lots of people. Sorry. I think you're helping lots of people, and um, yeah, and we talk, if we talk about Greece a bit, but now um, maybe yeah, that will help some other I people too. Yeah, I was uh, ready to answer about Greece. So the thing with Greece is that I am not that expert as you think because I live in Athens uh, and I have to go out of Athens like to a different city in Greece quite quite a few years while I travel while I travel abroad like every two months or something. So it's it's funny. I have some years to go out of Athens. And, you know, if people ask me, for example, about Athens hotels, I have never stayed in hotel in Athens. So I can say 
only about the experience of my friends. But yeah, what I want to say to the audience who is now listening to the podcast, which by the way is a great initiative you took, so congrats for that. Oh, thank you. So, so, so I wanted to say that Greece is not the most accessible place you can visit in Europe and in the world. And it's not, uh, how to say it, and you will definitely experience some challenges, but it's definitely possible. And there are a lot of nice things to do, museums to visit, fantastic places, great food, one of the best in Europe. The, the food is fantastic. The weather is fantastic. The accessibility in general, well, depends on the places you go. The public transport is not very good. Uh, part of Metro, which in Athens is very good, because it's quite new from the Olympics. So our Metro is fantastic. And we have tram, which is which I don't use personally, but it's doable. But it's the it's very slow, and the regions it covers it's not are not very, I mean, fantastic or whatever. Mm. A little bit mm. of the sea maybe. Uh, buses, I would avoid buses because usually the ramps are not working. And in general, in the stations, it's difficult to access. The sidewalks, the sidewalks are bad. It's not easy to not, to go sidewalks. You may find yourself using uh, going to the streets sometimes, which may be a challenge. Oh, so uh, right. especially, oh, sorry. Yes, sometimes. When I was going to my university, which is on a big on a big street, on a big uh, how is it? No street, like. Uh, Big, uh, yeah, big street, but you know, this high-speed street of Athens, one of the biggest ones. I had to go next to the cars, which were like on the high-speed next to me, in order to go to my lessons. Oh, but yeah, awesome. <laughs> but we get, adapted. we get adapted to that, I mean, when we live here. And also, I wanted to say about special taxis. There are some, but usually not very cheap. But you can arrange this thing. And I know that also, and what I also said about accessibility, it's mostly about Athens. But I know that I had friends from abroad who came to islands and to many places out of Athens, and they also enjoyed their vacations. For example, in Creta Island, there is a hotel dedicated to to disabled tourists. So if if people like this kind of accommodations, like segregated places for disabled people, then this one is a very good option with accessible transport and accessible pool and everything. And there are, you know, more and more facilities and stuff also. In Greece, there is a very nice invention. It's called C-Track. If you Google it, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a Greek thing. And now more countries, are, if I'm correct, are asking this agrees uh, to 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 give it you know to their beaches it's like a thing you put on your beach uh, it's a track with a chair on this track and this track goes from the sand to the beach and it's a very good way for disabled people to access to access the sea and this has become very, many cities in Greece have this sea track and I know that some countries are also you know try trying to implement this Greek uh, invention to their own beaches, like Turkey maybe, or other countries. 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> invention coming out of Greece. You'll have to tell me the link to that so we can put it in the. Yeah, the I will send post. you later. Yeah, yeah, I will send you later maybe a link or something. Okay, so Greece is uh, an exciting place to visit, but um, people who go there should be, you know, just aware that, you know, there will be some challenges then. And, exactly. Um, just to be well prepared for those things and uh, to have a, a spirit of adventure and uh, to be positive and to just uh, think logically yeah. if something goes wrong then, right? Yeah, the Greek hospitality is very famous. So you people should not worry. There will always be someone who will help and, you know, who, of course, you should always be aware because there is this Greek hospitality, but there's also this Greek thing that sometimes the taxi may charge you, if you are a tourist, they will charge you double or think different. So it's always good to do your research. Right. And, you know, right. ask for receipts in the places you go and different stuff. But I'm, super, I'm totally positive that it's, that it's possible for a tourist, no matter the disability needs, to come to Greece and enjoy. But some research is needed and maybe ask some, you know, some people from Greece or people who have been in Greece and can share their experiences. For sure. And then maybe also um, get in touch with you through your website or through uh, social media or something too. And you can uh, yeah, definitely. be there. Sometime. I will be happy to support. I will be happy to help them, of course. Okay, great. Well, we're just going to head into the, the final part of the interview now. And uh, I just want to ask you sort of a, a very broad question. But uh, why do you think that uh, travel is important to people uh, and maybe particularly for people with uh, disabilities? Well, that's different for every person. And I don't want to say cliches. You know that. Uh, you, this cliche you read everywhere. So I'm not sure how I can explain why for me travel is important. But when I travel, I feel a kind of happiness and euphoria. Not easy to explain with words. You know, the like the, an amazement when you are in, in a new place and you feel, oh God, look how, how beautiful this our world. And it's a pity if you don't, if you don't see these different things. Uh, you, you should go, you should, you should see different images, different, taste different foods, experience different cultures, see how, how people are behaving in, their, in different environments, how, they, how the buildings are, how how the nature is everything. This is very important. This is very helpful for yourself. You become a better person. You become more open-minded. You open your, uh, you broaden your your mind. And I think all these things are helpful for your future in a way. You change your behavior to other people. You see what's important, what's not important. Well, yeah, I think yeah, one cliche People say, and I don't like cliches, but this one is very true, is that the only thing you buy and get and make you richer is the traveling. Mm. <clears throat> so I, I, my favorite part of the interviews, I always love asking people uh, why they feel travel is important, and everybody has so many different answers, and it's always so uh, eye-opening. So thank you for, my, for that answer. Um, the next question, I guess, is sort of a very simple one, maybe. I don't know. Um, for your on your bucket list, your top three places. I know on your website you have a huge bucket list. Yeah. But, um, maybe your top three places that you want to go to. Well, that's difficult. 
Actually, in my top, in my website, it's not uh, ranked in the priority list. Like this is number one, number two. It's random, but in my mind, of course, I have like priority. And and something which is nice to share with you is that my two top top priorities when I started traveling, I already did them. The number one was Japan, when and I did it last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Amsterdam and Holland was the Netherlands was my very high on my bucket list and I went there to uh, three years ago when I when I did my uh, voluntary service in Belgium so it was easy to go with train from Belgium to Netherlands so so I already achieved some of my like biggest dreams related to traveling but of course when you achieve one you have new new dreams. And my craziest one, and I am not sure I will achieve it. Maybe you know some information about it. It's North Korea. I would love to visit North Korea because I know it's not usual and not many people go. And especially I don't know any disabled, which is North Korean and was there. So yeah, I'm super interested to do this North Korea one day in my life. I would like to visit Russia. It's huge and it's, it's something like Europe, but not Europe, and for some reason it's very interesting for me. Uh, yeah, okay. Italy is a country which is very close to Greece, but I haven't been yet, and it's also very a lot of things to do. USA has also many different things and many different scenarios, and you know every state is different, so USA as well. Morocco from Africa is very high on my list. I think this countries. Okay, wow. Well, that's a very broad covering the whole earth there, I think. Yeah. Great. Okay, um well we're actually I want oh, actually I want to actually I want to visit every country of the world. But I know it's not very easy. <laughs> okay. Well you've got uh, maybe hundred and seventy to go or something like that. So. Yeah. Okay. Um so uh, we're also having um, a new sort of section. It's um we're making a musical uh, playlist for songs you like to listen to when you're traveling. Do you have maybe uh, two or three songs that you like to listen to? Well, this is a this is an issue because I'm not a song guy. I mean, I'm not one one of these guys who listen uh, music when he's traveling or when he's in the public transport or even in my home. I don't put it like all day. Sometimes, from time to time, I put in a live music. I have been in concerts and stuff. But, you know, it's not my super one priority. So I don't have a specific travel list or whatever, but some songs which travel my mind when I listen to them mm-hmm. are songs mm-hmm. without lyrics. For example, Ludovico Einaudi, it's a pianist, and he is a fantastic one. So Una Matina from Ludovico Einaudi, it's a very song when I listen to it. My mind is traveling, you know, in different areas of the world. I also like soundtracks, movie soundtracks, okay. which are which are also this kind of stuff, or even classic mu- classical music. But yeah, I mean, I travel with. I if I was traveling and I had a playlist, I would definitely make it mostly with songs without lyrics, like you know, Ludovico Einaudi definitely. Probably more than one of his songs, soundtracks of movies, 
this kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah, I like that about the traveling in your mind. That's very good things. Okay. That's good. Thank you so much. Okay. Finally, um, I just want to make sure that people can uh, get in touch with you and follow you. Now, um, you mentioned your website before. It's called the Tra Wheeler. And can you explain where that name comes from? Yeah. So the Tra Wheeler is the Traveler and Wheeler. Wheeler, you know, from the wheel. So Traveler and Wheeler, Tra Wheeler. Okay. It's, a little, it's maybe a little bit stupid, but kind of I like it. No, uh, I like it too. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure people um, caught that there. Okay, so you have a so, website then? Yeah, so far it's only in Greek. Okay. But all the social me- all the social media posts are in English as well. Only the articles on the website are in Greek. But I have added a Google Translate button, which is not perfect, but I suppose you can get the basic uh, meaning of the articles. And, of course, on my social media, everything, it's in English as well. And uh, I plan in the future to translate articles to English too. Uh, so mm-hmm. people can reach me both on my the Traveler social media, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, all my personal stuff, which is coming to Google, and you can find me on Facebook or on Twitter. And, so and my email, which is coming on this Gmail comment stuff. Can you tell us the, your website address? Well, it's thetragwinner.com. Uh, .com, okay. Thetragwinner.com. All right. And your social media is at Trawheeler then as well? Yeah, at thetragwinner. Okay. Well, I'll put links it's, in the... Don't, um, forget, don't forget the word... The. The, okay. Very important. Okay, well, I'll put links in the uh, in the show notes as well so that people can find you. And okay. um, and also, yeah, I mean, I think it's important. I was looking at your website, and the Google Translate worked pretty well on it, so I was de- definitely able to get uh, the most of the, the content with uh, Google Translate. But I think more importantly than, um, you know, putting in English is that, uh, you know, you're reaching a very unique audience in Greece, especially since you're likely the only uh, travel blogger with a disability there. So there are many people doing English blogs, so I think it's very important to have a blog for people um, maybe who only speak Greek. So I think that's excellent work that you're doing there. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you. For me, it was also a priority, first of all, to address the Greek audience because they don't have something similar. And afterwards, of course, to reach the audience from abroad, it's also important, but it's like a second priority. Exactly, yeah. Because, they will, because in English you can find many different great travel bloggers and great disabled travelers. You are one of them anyway. You are one of them anyway, so yeah, you know it. All right, well, it's been great talking to you, Camille, and um, hopefully we'll see you again here in Japan, or maybe I'll see you over there in Greece then someday. Thank you, you, you are invited here. It will be very nice to see you here. I will be your personal. I will be your personal guide. Okay. Well, you said the food is very good, so you got my. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a nice. I think you are a night in Japan, so have a good night. Okay. Thank you so much, and have a good day. Thanks. Bye. 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 
I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I encourage you to check out Camille and his website, The Traw Wheeler, and follow him online. His website is thetrawwheeler.com, and that's T-R-A-W-H-E-E-L-E-R for Traw Wheeler. You can find links to his Twitter and Facebook accounts there as well. Camille is also one of the very first members to join the Accessible Travel Forum, so just search for Camille and you'll find his knowledgeable answers everywhere. You too can join the Accessible Travel Forum at www.accessibletravelforum.com. The more users we have, the more useful the site will become. Be sure to ask questions and share your knowledge. You can also follow us on Twitter at at AccessibleTF. That's at AccessibleTF. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Also, if you have time, give it a five-star rating in the iTunes store and that will help us get discovered by others. Do you have someone who might be interested in being interviewed? Do you want to be interviewed? If so, then please contact us at podcast at accessibletravelforum.com. Keep enjoying your travels. Hopefully we'll bump into each other along the way. Until next time, I'm Josh, and this is Have Disability, Will Travel. Travel.